0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Des Bishop podcast. Oh my God, it's been too long. I know that, um, and I'm—I mean, I apologize. I—I I, there's many things that have been going on, but really, I just—I I originally took that break until September, and then, I don't know, I just, I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do with the pod, and I'll explain later just different things that were going on in my mind that were like, I don't know, putting up some mental barrier to getting back into it, so I just apologize about that. Uh, Long, long time listeners to this podcast will know that it's not the first time that it's happened, but anyway, the good news is that we're back right now. And part of my motivation is that I feel like everything is getting back and I wanted to mark the occasion uh, because we think you'll know by the time this comes out, but it looks like Ireland is going to open up and that's long overdue. And I do feel that, you know, the sort of societal stagnation has, has definitely affected my mental state. Uh, Not an excuse for not doing the pod, but it's all in there in some sort of sense of uh, being stuck. So there is something liberating about the the, the talk of the last couple of days, especially for live performers. Now, I have been performing live uh, in New York, but to me, it's just not the same. Like, I was halfway through Mia Mama. uh, It was going great. And then it all stopped and I haven't been able to get that going again in Ireland. And it just has felt like life has been on hold. Uh, Probably mentally for me, probably more than it should have. Because I just wanted to like get that done. You know, I I guess in hindsight, I I think I probably would have maybe just like let it go. Actually, and just like start afresh now. But that is not happening. Uh, Mia Mama starts February 10th in Ratoth. And all the dates are on my website. Postponed dates, new dates. Uh, to be honest, my agent actually, I think, got a little trigger happy. She put back dates of t- towns I already did, which uh, there was no need for. <laughs> but anyway, that that might be... That there still might be one or two little date changes. Uh, but uh, Vicker Street, March 18th, which is, you know, I was supposed to... I wanted to do this... I wanted to do me and Mama in like a smaller theater in dublin do more nights but that's had its own problem so now we're doing Vicker street march 18th um even though i don't really feel like me and mom is like a vicar street type show but anyway it should be good we'll get a huge screen and uh any anyway, it's great it's great that ireland is opening up it's 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 put me in a good mood this morning and uh I hope I'm right. I hope we don't get disappointed. I I can't see there being a disappointment with this announcement in a couple of hours because everything's leaked. All the papers have been writing. All the media outlets and papers. Saying the papers is just like so old school. Uh, They've all said that it's happening. And uh, I think this will give people the confidence to be like, screw it. We're going back out. We're going to shows. And uh, so... That's happening, but I I do... the, the One of the, the the things that made me confident about getting this mic back on and just like starting to record again is I had the craziest uh, thing happen to me yesterday. But I, I need to give you... Because it ended up being quite funny, even though it's somewhat serious. Uh, but I need to give you a bit of backstory, okay? So since... Uh, Of course, you know, I I did talk to you. We had John Bishop on. Like, I did talk about, on this pod, about being back on stage, right? So that that seems kind of dated now. Uh, You know, and even though Ireland's, like, opening up again, like, I have actually done shows in Ireland since we last chatted. I was back there at the end of August, uh, you know, for some of these, like, outside social distance shows. And then I was back again. In uh, like late October, and I did uh, like had some great shows in uh, Clonakilty and Cork, and in um, Wexford, especially in the Spiegel Tent it was like amazing show, and that's why like the Om- Omicron Omicron crisis was uh, so disheartening because it really felt. I mean, I remember being in Ireland, uh, you know, in October, and just being like, "Here we go, like we are back." And, you know, I was back again in December, and I, I, I did two fifty percent shows in um, in Cork, but just all that momentum and all that sense of, like, things going well was gone. And uh, it was such a deflator, you know? Now, I know this is very specific to me because, you know, my job requires, like, crowds, but I, I, I do have to say that after a while, like, especially when it felt like things were coming back and then it was gone again... Like I did for the first time in the whole pandemic, like really lose my patience. Uh, I wasn't feeling sorry for myself per se, but I was feeling sorry for our industry in general uh, and just how much of a pain in the hole all this is. So anyway, I have been doing plenty of shows over here and, uh, you know, I had a lot of jokes about vaccines. Now, I'm going to actually kind of like tell you a joke. Well, you know, I like tell you about a joke that I've been doing because it has context for the story that I'm going to tell you about what happened to me yesterday. All right. Um, so throughout all the the you know jokes I do about getting vaccinated over here, um, one of the stories I tell is about calling the one eight hundred number. So, you know, in New York back in February when I first found out I was eligible to be vaccinated. I was, which is, God, it's nearly a year ago now. It's crazy. Uh, I was, like, on all these websites, like, refreshing, trying to get an appointment. It was very frustrating. And then, actually, somebody from the Patreon, uh, which I also haven't been doing, somebody from the Patreon messaged me and said, if you go to this Facebook group, Long Island Vaccinates, they'll give you suggestions, right, about, like, which websites to go to and where appointments are and stuff like that. And um, like in my routine, I do jokes about the stress of like these Facebook groups telling people where to go and stuff. But in reality, um, one of the suggestions from the Facebook group, but actually I think, I think actually the, the suggestion came directly from uh, one of the Patreon listeners that the Facebook group had said that people are getting appointments by calling one eight seven seven new York State VAX, NYS VAX, V-A-X-X. So 1-800 number, toll free number talking to a human. Now that was the number for like the New York department of health. They were doing appointments. So I actually called the number once, got a, a woman on the phone and she checked once for appointments, no success. And then she said goodbye. So then the Facebook group said, keep calling my, somebody got an appointment the third time they called. So I called the number now on stage i tell a routine which is relevant i tell i do a routine but the, the relevance uh, needed for the story is or sorry the backstory that's needed for the story to be relevant is that my full name is desmond bishop right now i don't i don't know if i told this story on this podcast or not but anyway i do a, a story about how i hated my name growing up desmond uh which actually is very old material of mine uh That when I came to Ireland when I was growing up, I hated my name because uh, my name is Desmond Bishop. So when you file my name, it's Bishop Desmond. And in the nineteen eighties, the only Desmond anybody knew in my neighborhood growing up was Archbishop Desmond Tutu of South Africa. Now, coincidentally enough, he died three weeks ago. It was very sad. Great man, Nobel Peace Prize winner, nineteen eighty four, and you know, a big advocate, uh, you know, against apartheid. Uh, And he was a hero in the eighties, but he was also very famous. And as a result, you know, people would call me Tutu and they'd make fun of me uh, because my name was Desmond, but my last name was Bishop. So Bishop Desmond, when it was filed, was Bishop Desmond Tutu. And, uh, you know, I so I, I really didn't like my name. All joking aside, I didn't like the name Desmond growing up because it was a very odd name in America. I never met another Desmond. I didn't know any. And I hated having like this odd name. My mother got it from a book of Irish names. She might have made of an Irish name. So... Then I talk about how when I moved to Ireland, I was great because I, suddenly there was Desmonds everywhere. Of course, nobody says Desmond; they all say Des, unless you are playing GA, then it's Desi, you know. And uh, yeah, I kind of like—I was happy to be Des then, Des Bishop—that's the name you guys all know. But it was just nice to have a normal name. And uh, but what I didn't know, uh, which is—I have now that I am telling this story—I feel like I've told this story on the podcast. But anyway. Michael Che particularly from uh, SNL always makes fun of me at the comedy cellar these days for having a black name because Desmond is a very black name, which I kind of knew because I knew that Jamaicans, you know, like the name Desmond. And there was like a series in Britain in the eighties called Desmond's. So it's a very like Island name. But I also didn't know that like Bishop is kind of like, like Desmond Bishop as a combination just can present as like a very African-American name and I also didn't know that Jamie Foxx's last name was Bishop. And the more I tell this story, the more I feel like I've, I've told this before. But then maybe I told it on the Patreon. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm only giving this story for context. Uh, so in my show, in the show, the joke is that, uh, fun fact about me, I never knew that I had a black name. And it's never mattered in my life until I called 1-877-NEW-YORK-STATE-VAX. And the woman on the line answered the phone. And she was like, what's your name, sir? And I said, Desmond Bishop. And she said don't worry, brother, we're going to get you a vaccine. Uh, and the audience laugh, and uh, I kind of put on like a guilty head because, uh, you know, she she thinks I'm somebody I'm not, and then I say, oh, thank you, sister. You know it's been hard out there. It's been hard out there. I've been refreshing for days. And uh, it gets a good laugh. Now, I have to say that there was a time when I first started telling that story that I needed to double-check that this wasn't like a problematic routine, but all the black comics I talk to think it's very funny, and they think it's very funny too because – they all thought that my name sounds a little black. So it's, it's, it's a fun routine, and we have a laugh with it. And uh, anyway, that's a joke I've been telling on stage with great success every night for the last number of months. Um, I actually did it on that Sky, Deirdre Kane show, but I don't, I don't think they used it, but I never saw that set. I don't even know what they used. Um, and uh, so I tell that story every night, and the black comic's always, like, joking about my name and so now you know that okay now why am i telling you this story is because of what happened yesterday so yesterday hannah and i went to uh sierra uh her friend's house um uh, just to hang out now sierra has a cat hannah has a cat but sierra has a cat and you know, I'm allergic to cats, but I just kind of, I guess I've gotten used to uh, Hannah's cat. Um, but, you know, sometimes I feel like other cats, who knows. But anyway, needless to say, uh, we were in Sears House for like maybe like two hours. But by the end of the two hours, I, I felt like a bit shitty. But I just put it down to the cat. All right. So we leave the apartment at like around, I don't know, like 7 o'clock. I, I have two spots. Uh, I had two spots last night. One was uh, at 8.50 and one was at 10.30. So I figure we'll get some dinner and then I'll go to the comedy cellar. So we sit down and I just like, I feel shit. I feel crap. And, and I order some gnocchi. And then I say that the gnocchi comes and I have one bite, but I'm like, I, I, I feel weird. So I went down to the bathroom. I felt like I was going to puke or something. Uh, and then, um, but I also felt like I was going to faint maybe. So I went down to the bathroom and I tried to puke. I, I didn't need to puke. Then I tried to do other stuff and uh, really no success on either front. I won't get into too much detail, but, uh, I really felt like I was going to faint, and I fainted before, so I knew that you know if you lie down and get your legs up, that can help to get the blood back into your head, right? So I think this is universal, but bathroom floors are disgusting, but there are times where a bathroom floor just becomes like the place you're supposed to be. And I think one of those times is like right after you puke, like isn't it amazing, like right after you puke, there's just nothing nicer than lying on a bathroom floor because you're like, oh my God, it's over. Thank you. It's Please let it be over. Uh, But in this case, I didn't puke. But it did feel good to just lie down and get my legs up. So I was like resting my legs against the sink. I just lying down on the bathroom floor. And now I'm in like a random New York City restaurants bathroom. But it's amazing how very quickly you can just be comfortable in a space. Because I was just like, this is where I'm meant to be right now. I'm meant to be lying here with my legs up against this sink, trying not to faint. Um, But, you know, I am uh, a little paranoid because, you know, I did have a recent incident uh, approximately four months ago where I thought I was having a heart attack. Now, it turned out to be either indigestion or anxiety. I don't know which one really officially, but in the previous incident, it very much appeared to be indigestion. And I did call an ambulance. And they immediately, when the ambulance arrived, even when the cop arrived first and then the ambulance, they both were like, you're not having a heart attack. Because when you're having a heart attack, you get sweats and you feel like you're going to faint and you feel a lot of pressure. So I felt a bit stupid for calling the ambulance that day, even though they were like, listen, it's always better to call the ambulance. But you probably just needed to fart. So now... I'm feeling like I'm going to faint. I've got sweats. And now I'm like, oh, shit. Is the Am I having a heart attack? So lying down with my legs up, I feel like, okay, I, I think I'm good enough to get back upstairs. Because uh, I'm also worried about Hannah freaking out, worried about me, you know. And, you know, I'm 46, she's 30. And, you know, honestly, I'm very comfortable with our age gap. But, like, you know, there's just, like, You just don't want to be the older fiance who's having a heart attack. It's just a bad look. I'm just like not into that look right now. So uh, I go back upstairs and I just say like, I don't know. I just feel weird. And from the minute I start walking up the stairs, it immediately starts to get like way worse. And by the time I sit down, I'm like, I don't don't know what to do. Like I'm fucking, I just feel terrible. Like so bad. I feel like I'm going to faint. And it becomes, like, overwhelming. And I say to her, I need to go outside and lie down. Because I just, like, I wanted to be in the air, you know? So she was like, what? Like, lie down here. So, like, the, the restaurant had, like, a like a benchy seat thing. So, it's, you know, I'm just, like, I'm still, I don't know, I have that, like, embarrassment thing in my mind. It's like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be this guy. I don't want to be a guy that's creating drama in the restaurant, but, like, eventually it just gets so bad that I'm like, okay, surrender. So I say to Hannah, I think you should call an ambulance. Now, she's very resistant to calling an ambulance because, like, first of all, she knows about my previous story about calling the ambulance, and it turned out to not be a big deal. And also just, like, she wants to see if it'll pass, which is, like, fair enough. She has a hesitancy to call 911 early on. Um... So, no big deal. So I lie down on the on the bench, but I'm I'm fucking I'm bad. Like I'm I'm pumping sweat now, and I know that I'm I'm white as a ghost. I can't see myself, but I just know that I must be white as a ghost. So I said to Hannah, just like tell the waitress what's going on, and she's like, what's the waitress going to do? I'm like, just tell the fucking waitress, because I just you know I just needed like an external observer. Uh, So then there's this lovely black couple next to us, uh, like an older couple. And they're just like immediately very nice. Like, is he okay? And then the waitress comes over and uh, Hannah like describes what's going on. Then she says he has chest pain. I was like, I do not have chest pain, but I definitely feel like I'm going to faint. And I don't know what's going on. So she was like, I'm going to call 911. And I was like, yes, I think that's a good idea. Call 911. So the waitress called 911. 911. And then uh the there was a white couple like two tables down on the other side. So I felt kind of bad because like I was putting my feet up, like sort of facing them. I felt guilty, you know? But they were like, Don't worry, don't worry, it's fine. And uh I'm just like I you know, they put like a cold towel on my head, but I'm just like I'm like I'm not out. I'm not I'm not I feel like I'm close to fainting, but I'm just like thank God I'm just lying down here just like trying to stay calm and uh, so the black woman is like yo we, we gotta keep you awake like she decides that it's very important that I don't pass out so we gotta keep you talking and then she tells me that I should cough I'm like why and she's like apparently if you think you're having a heart attack you should cough it's good for your heart so I'm like coughing and then She's, uh, decides like we need to keep him talking. So she goes, what's your name? And I said, Desmond. And she goes, that's my grandson's name. I was like, how can this be happening to me? That's my grandson's name. So I said, I know black people always tell me I have a black name. Oh, then, the, then the husband, like, well, I, I, the guy she's with, who's like, you know, they, they're definitely in their like 60s minimum, right? The guy she's with, another black guy goes, like, Archbishop Desmond, <laughs> I'm like, how can this be happening to me right now? How am I fucking dying and I'm like living my routine, right? So I was like, yeah, I know, people always called me Tutu when I was a kid. And then she goes, yeah, we named my grandson after Archbishop Desmond Tutu. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. It's like, I'm going out the way that I came in being made fun of by Archbishop Desmond Tutu. <laughs> so I'm kind of like, you know, nearly fainting, but like finding this fucking hilarious. The The black couple are like, you know, like, having a great time. The white couple are like, he should have some aspirin. Can you get him some aspirin? And uh, the, waitress, the the restaurant's like, we can't give him anything, which is fair enough. So the white couple are kind of like, you know, doing the more, like, stressed out vibe. The black couple are, we're just like having a laugh. And uh, so then, um, the ambulance is on the way. And I don't know why Hannah just, like, decides to like pay the bill i i I don't know what i don't know what was happening there but uh next thing hannah's like looking for my wallet and she's like feeling around my ass for my wallet and i'm like what are you doing and she's like i need to pay the bill you know because the ambulance is gonna come and i was like you don't have your wallet and she was like no so i was like I'm fucking dying here and I'm still paying for dinner. Like, how the fuck is this happening? Right? So then... <laughs> the, the, the black guy... <laughs> so, <coughs> oh, by the way, I... <coughs> excuse me, that sounded terrible. I'm still a little sick to my stomach, which I'm also going to explain. Because there's like, there's like all versions of this story. So... <laughs> this, the black guy goes, I was like, I'm dying. I still got to pay for dinner. And the black guy goes, that's what happens when you take your daughter out for dinner. Fucking, oh my God, I was dying. So I was like, she's my fucking fiance. And then I was so thirsty. I was so fucking thirsty that I sat up. To get a glass of water. I wasn't sitting up because of this scenario. And the black guy goes, oh, yes. This motherfucker. Bitch be taking his money. Now he's sitting up. (laughs) You don't want nobody taking his money. (laughs) It's like, this is so fucking funny. Like, just, uh, I mean, it's a cultural thing. But I just feel like there's just certain people that just thrive in these scenarios. So. Anyway, I mean that's really as far as like the natural humor of that situation. Um, I mean, the funny thing was that the owner of the restaurant, this, like Italian American guy, he's like leans over me and he's like talking to me and he's like, you know, you know what? What's funny? You remind me of Bill Burr. I was like, really? He's like, yeah. I was like, well, that's funny coincidence because I'm actually a comedian. And he was like, wow, that's so funny. Yeah, you remind me of Bill Burr. So I was like, yeah, I'm fucking, I'm fucking about to die over here. You know, I like do like a Bill Burr impersonation trying to like keep everybody's spirits up. And uh, Hannah just thinks it's hilarious because like even though I'm dying, the whole thing has become a performance. I have like an improv workshop here. And uh, so anyway, the ambulance come, the paramedics come, and uh, they... Oh, so I forgot to tell you that while I'm lying there, the moment of like most concern for me was, and I can't remember what stage of all the story that I just told you, uh, I, my hands started tingling like all the way up my, like, like halfway up my arm, but before my elbow was like tingling, like they were going numb, like really obvious tingling. And I was like, damn, this is like never happened before. This was like a very distinct feeling. So I was a little concerned then. I was like, just keep breathing, you know, just stay alive here. And so when the ambulance, the paramedics came, I explained everything, including that I had this insane tingling in my hands. So they immediately said, we think you're having an anxiety attack. So, uh, we, we, uh, the woman, there was a paramedic man or a woman, the woman said, is there anything that, you know, you have anxiety about? And I said, well, I'm getting married in May, (laughs) which was a joke, which she was like, I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that. And uh, I was like, honestly, like, no, like, I, you know, I can't think of anything other than like, whatever. I have anxiety like all the time, but like, you know, I couldn't think of like a specific anxiety trigger, but they said, that the tingling in the hands is very much a, a sign of anxiety. Um, so, and uh, truth be told, by the time they even walked into the restaurant, like once I got my legs up, like I did start to feel better. So, the color had come back into my face and the, they took my, pul- my pulse ox, like my oxygen was 99, my heart rate was actually very stable, blood pressure normal, blood sugar normal. So, like, all the things I thought might be, like, causing me to be faint were fine. Uh, And so, I was like, listen, like, I'd love not to go to the hospital because I had been through this whole fucking hospital rigmarole recently where I was fine. And they were like, well, you don't have to go to the hospital. You just have to sign a waiver. And they said, we can't tell you not to go. But I can tell you that, like, you seem okay. So, I felt pretty confident. I definitely felt better. I stood up. I walked around a bit. I, like, wasn't faint anymore. So, all in all, I felt pretty happy. Um, and then um, I think I remember the owner of the restaurant made some joke, and uh, so I was like, "You know what gives me anxiety? Italians." So he laughed at that. And then when it was all done, uh, oh yeah, and then the, the the owner the owner goes. So like if, if he's not dying, can we get rid of the uh the stretcher out there? Because I need my customers to think that that's okay to come in. <laughs> which I was like, which I thought was like very funny. The owner was great, like the owner was so nice and funny, and you know he was just like getting the banter from the get go. So I like all that was funny and fine. And fair play to the paramedics. One of them stayed inside, but the other guy, uh, when you know because we decided I wasn't going to go to the hospital, the other guy went out and moved the, the stretcher. So, um, all in all, uh, now everybody's calm and um, so the restaurant's kind of gone back to like not worrying about me and uh, yeah, so we get up to go and Hannah actually went up first and it's funny because the owner of the restaurant was like, hey, listen, can you just let him know that he's a lot better looking than Bill Burr? <laughs> Sorry. And I was joking afterwards being like, <laughs> I guess you know you're good looking when like you're dying in a restaurant, and still the thing that's on people's minds is that this guy's a good looking guy, <laughs> but anyway, that was just a little bit of an ego boost as I was leaving the restaurant, and uh sorry, there's a little bit of work going on in some apartment somewhere, so ignore that, and uh yeah, so we get an Uber. Now I have an 850. I have a spot at 850. And I guess it's like 7:30 right now. So, I'm like you know what? I'm probably fine. So I'm going to do the show. So I go home and uh I'm like 50-50 on whether I should do the show. So I call uh somebody from the comedy cellar and I, they don't answer, which is fine. That's normal. It's a busy night there at the Comedy Cellar. We're just ignoring the noise, okay, guys? We're just ignoring it. So she doesn't answer. So I take that as a sign. Fuck it. I'm supposed to do the show. And but before I make that decision, I literally write a text to say, "I, I, I. This has happened. I thought I was going to die, and uh, it turns out I'm I'm okay. But I think I might not come into the Comedy Cellar tonight." But then I don't know. I just like I'm feeling fine. So I don't send it. I'm like, let me see. So then I'm like, fuck it. I, I send a text to the garage to order my car. And uh, oh, it's just so annoying. Like, why does this always happen now? Like when I'm fucking recording. Um, hopefully it's not bugging you guys that much. Um, so I uh, I ordered the car and I'm like, oh, do I really feel okay? And then I'm like, fuck it, I'm going. And of course, Hannah's like thinks I'm out of my fucking mind, uh, and I put on my jacket to leave, and I'm like, I think I'm gonna puke. So I whip off my jacket, I run to the bathroom, and I, I, I properly puke, like three massive pukes. And, and Hannah makes fun of me because I'm a very dramatic puker, uh, and I was like, Whoa! like real, real. Let it out, you know? And uh, very much like puke emoji, full flow. And uh, then I find myself lying on the bathroom floor again. <laughs> and I feel amazing. I'm back on the bathroom floor, post-puke. Like, best feeling in the world. huh? And I call... The comedy seller again. Because now I'm like, I'm not fucking going to the comedy seller. I am, there's something seriously wrong with me. So I call the comedy seller again and there's no answer. And I'm like, oh God. But I feel so good now. Post puke, I'm like, wow, I'm like a new man. I'm literally a new man. So I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going because I want this as like collateral against. Sometime where like Hannah's not feeling well or she doesn't want to do something and she's complaining I want this as collateral. I wanna I wanna be able to be like, babe, I was fucking dying, puking, and I fucking went to the comedy cell that night. So I'm like thinking ahead. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna load this into the fucking collateral column of Babe, we gotta fucking tough this out. My toxic masculinity. We gotta fucking get through this. So I'm like, fuck it. I stand up. I feel so much better. Brush my teeth. I do all the things you do after you puke. Try to make yourself not feel disgusting in your mouth. And uh, I, um, I go and I get my fucking car. And I'm late, by the way. But I feel like I'm just going to make it. So if they're supposedly having an anxiety attack, I'm now in my car late. Fucking rushing over to the comedy cellar. I park at a hydrant. I park illegally because I'm so late. And then I get there. And for whatever reason, I have no idea why. The show has been delayed by an hour, which I'm delighted about because I'm like, now I can move the car to a decent spot. And, uh, uh, and I mean, I don't even know why I'm getting into all this detail because none of this stuff really matters. Other than, you know, I move the car, I call Hannah, I say, I feel fine. I'm like chilling in the car. cause course, Hannah's Googled and apparently like post-anxiety attack, it's normal to vomit. And uh, I did my two shows. I, I actually, I did on my first show, which was an awesome show, I told the story of what just happened. I, I did my Desmond Bishop routine and then I told the story of what just happened. Even though it feels like a setup, it's 100% happened that way. And the jokes work great. I mean, the, the the stuff with the black couple was funny. The other stuff, like, I didn't have an out, but it was still funny. And then I finished with my Chinese material, which was great, because there was, like, two awesome Chinese members of the audience that were just, like, loving. We were back and forth in Chinese, and it was just great. So it was actually a ripper. So all the comics who I told the story that I thought I was going to die 90 minutes ago were like, wow, like, that's pretty amazing to fucking... <laughs> Like, nearly being in an ambulance, and then, like, two hours later, you, you fucking have, like, a storm. I was, like, such a fun show. Anyway, I felt great, and uh, I was making fun of the person that I called twice that didn't answer, that, like, you know, I could have died. <laughs> but I was glad she didn't answer, because I was glad to do the show. And then, yeah, I, anyway, that's it, really. I did my second show. It was, like, a ton of Irish at the second show. It was fucking chaos. I walked on stage and like this like section of the room was like, go on, desert! And the rest of the crowd didn't have a fucking clue what was going on. It was like total chaos. And the funny thing was that like they kept saying things about my life, you know, it was like, it was like unnerving. And then I started doing my Chinese material and then one of them was like, oh yeah, you broke up with her. And I was like, oh God, they even know about my Chinese ex-girlfriend. And then other people were like, Hannah, had to start shouting out about Hannah, because they know Hannah from reality TV. So I was like, this is very unnerving, the amount of information this entire audience has about my life. Like, this is fucking insane. So that was a fun show, too. Different, though. I didn't tell my story about nearly dying. And uh, I came home, and I passed out, and uh, the cat woke me up at 6 a.m., uh, trying to push out the screen, because these apartments can get so hot, I had the window open last night, so I woke up at six, whatever. I I slept pretty well, and then this morning, I uh, I had other uh, intest uh, other digestive issues, uh, which I won't get into detail. But needless to say, uh, I was vomiting last night, and this morning uh, begins with the letter D, and uh, so I called my doctor, which the paramedics rep- uh, recommended, uh, and I called my doctor to basically you know a virtual. Uh, Uh, visit and uh, I called him to tell him that the paramedics think I was having an anxiety attack which wouldn't have surprised me because I got high level anxiety these days like it never leaves me but actually my doctor just thinks that I have a stomach bug or food poisoning because the vomiting into the big D the next day is very symptomatic of food poisoning or more likely like a gastro infection like a viral infection in my stomach so, all my concerns about anxiety last night and the fact that I was thinking I was having like supreme mental health issues were probably unfounded. And she said the paramedics were right because at that point, you were just telling that you felt like you were going to faint. You felt a little nauseous, but that you, you know, you were like tingling. Like that sounds like an anxiety attack, but you're telling me that you came home, you puked. Next morning, you had diarrhea. That's very much like the symptoms of a, a gastro a viral infection, you know, vomiting into the big D. Um, and most likely it's either food poisoning or you, you picked up an infection from food or, you know, somebody else that had it. So I was almost disappointed, really, because I, I, I much preferred this whole, like, anxiety attack story, you know? Because it really fit in with the way that I've been feeling lately, and even the reason why I haven't been doing the podcast is because I have this, like, extreme anxiety about, The internet and just like everything you say can be twisted, and just you know, like, uh, like hating the drama, which is a little bit of a hangover from all the shit that went down with Hannah on reality TV. And like, honestly, it's all very fucked up. And it's just like I don't get into it because even that feeds the fucking fire of these fucking online people. It's just so toxic. It's so fucking toxic, you know, you know, even when like whatever i'm not even getting into it but all i'm telling you is that it affected me deeply um to the point where you know i just like i had extreme extreme anxiety about like anything public uh to the point where like it just like even doing the pod just felt like you know dangerous and i'm like deleting patreons just like literally afraid of anything being picked up and uh so, when they told me I was having like an anxiety attack, I said, like, you know what? This makes sense because I've started doing Mia Mama again. It's about my fucking dead mom. You know, that's triggering some shit. Ireland's about to open up. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to start doing promo. I got a big thing coming out on Saturday. And I was just like, it all makes sense. You know, public life is happening again. And, you know, I, you know, I like it was just like, like I thought, like this anxiety attack makes sense, but also this uh, gastric problem kind of makes sense also. And, you know, it could possibly is a combination of the two. I mean, the anxiety is a given, but whether that was actually an anxiety attack or actually I have like a, a, a stomach bug. I mean, basically like a 24-hour bug. I mean, I mean, you know, like we get them. That's life. You know, it's not that dramatic. It's not ambulance-inducing. But when you don't know and you literally think you're going to faint in a restaurant, you know, it's, it's, it's freaky. I don't feel bad for calling the ambulance, you know, because it's just like you don't want to be that idiot. And, you know, Jason Byrne had this heart problem and uh you know i just whatever i'm 46 i'm just at that age where you just don't want to take a risk uh but i'm 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 like 0 for 2 now on the call to ambulances and them actually needing to be called which is like embarrassing but anyway um the anxiety is uh is is real and uh you know, it's just like the internet is a fucking toxic shithole place, and I, I know I have to just ignore it, but it's tough because you know you're using it to promote stuff, and you know it is what it is. It's fine. It's really fine. It 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 the my anxiety doesn't equal the 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 truth, but that's anxiety, you know. And uh, I think it's not helped by getting me and Mama up and running again, and you know, because there were times during me and Mama's early days when I was like also feeling like this intense anxiety, and I like. So it's all it's all connected. It's all connected, and and I, I'm I'm oh, I'm I'm aware of it, and uh, uh, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna keep on top of, of these things. But that that was pretty. Uh, it, it's funny because I like I didn't feel like when they were saying it's an anxiety attack. I was like, I just don't. It didn't add up for me because even though I have a lot of anxiety, I, I wasn't it didn't like come from like a place of panic. You know what I mean. Um, you know, it was just like, the anxiety attack part was odd, but it also made sense. But it didn't, it didn't make sense. Like it would have been very stealth. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There would have been no sense of like, in, you know, in, impending panic in my mind. Just my normal... Sort of just like you know regular level of anxiety and worry that uh you know has helped me to understand my mother so much more actually since she died, after the fact uh so um, uh it did also make sense when she told me I had a stomach bug, so anyway uh, you know i'm i'm uh, I'm telling you all this with a with a shitty stomach still. Uh, and uh, I hope I haven't like disgusted any of you. So anyway, <clears throat> that's kind of what I wanted to talk about. Um, you know, we'll get into you know, you know, more of the sort of internet-induced anxiety at another time. But I will say that uh, this latest wave of COVID has also been very frustrating because it's 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 been <clears throat> the more confusing of the of the waves because. Yes, it's selfish, but I did feel the effects of the uh, mitigation measures more than previous times. Because honestly, the first major lockdown, uh, I was like almost happy to take a break, right? And then we all just got into this fucking insane lockdown. And, you know, I had, you know, my... Oh, somebody's at my door. Uh, sorry about that. That was... um Fire safety inspection, because I'm sure you guys heard about that horrible fire in the Bronx. Uh, So, our building has been very on top of fire safety since that happened. So, they were checking if my door automatically closed. Because, you know, that was the reason why that fire spread. Because the door didn't automatically close. And actually, my door does not automatically close. So, that's good. Because they're going to fix that. So that was nice to know, and they had to check my uh, smoke alarm, which works fine, thank God. And um, so that's that. So anyway, uh, I was saying that uh, you know, Omicron, Omicron, right? Uh, is uh, was frustrating because it just wasn't as clear cut as other things. Oh yeah. So and I was also saying that professionally, it affected me more because I was like happy to take the break, and then. You know, Ameri- Irish lockdown was way tougher than here, so I was happy to have be here. Uh, particularly, like you know, come you know, one year on, like I just in general, lockdowns were not as tough here. And then, uh, comedy got up and running well before uh, Ireland over here, and I was like gigging and I was loving it. So, all in all, uh, until I guess autumn of 2021, I I really was like quite patient but just i don't know like being back in ireland and everything just like ripping along i just really got it in my head like you know 2022 here we go and when that all got sort of fucked up i i i i have to say like i took it badly and I, you know listen i get it everyone has their own journey and like i think some people will think it's not fair that i'm complaining but i think some people will also you know understand and i also think that you know some people uh you know, like the continuing lockdown doesn't affect them. They work remotely. And then for some people, the continuing lockdown is an absolute nightmare, way worse than it is for me. Um, and, you know, I mean, listen, I was deep in my savings. I mean, I'm not like, but I had the savings, thank God. But like, you know, I mean, it has not been great financially. I'm not, I'm not saying it's like, you know, I'm in like dire straits, but like, you know, it's, it's been a costly pandemic. Uh, I, for me, for sure. And, um, so, just like looking forward to sort of like, you know, getting back to, you know, some sort of normal that I'm used to. The fact that that got delayed again, I have to say, I I felt, I felt it really. And I also, you know, like expressed publicly my, uh, you know, my sense of just like, not so much that I didn't think we needed to lock down. I mean, I was glad we were mitigating, but I also was just like, kind of conscious of like, you know, are we? Is this the right type of mitigation for the situation that we're in? And you know, I still don't know. And I wasn't complaining about the mitigation, but I was also saying, like, let's be open to the fact that this wave is 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 different, and maybe we don't need to do these. And honestly, I would still be of the opinion that the six p.m. Uh, was silly. I, Eight p.m. fifty percent would have been. I don't think it would have made a difference. But that doesn't matter because it's passed now, and that's fine. And all in all, I'm actually pretty happy with how it played out because. This lockdown. So I delayed till February tenth because it looked like things were going to get worse. But actually, now it seems to be getting better. So all in all, I'm pretty happy. But but I have to say, I I, I felt frustration. The joke I say on stage is that I've been a real lockdown uh, rules guy, masks, vaccines, boosters. Uh, I had fucking Delta in August. Uh, you know, I, I I followed all the rules, and I uh and but I did find myself at times you know I, like i hate donald trump The you could say is i hate donald trump but i have found myself at times during this latest wave being like come on why the fuck are we shutting down society it's just a cold and then stop myself and go oh my god it's happened i'm a trump supporter you know just joking around but the joke works because everyone's had that thought about this wave right that everyone's well not everyone but a lot of people have felt like you know perhaps we didn't need to have as strong a mitigation but now in new york we didn't but It happened naturally anyway because it was a serious thing and a lot of people got Omicron, you know? They got it and uh, so there was staffing problems and like, so, you know, there was real concerns. You know, it wasn't like this is just the flu, like it wasn't, you know? Because again, society doesn't like suddenly cease to function with the flu or a cold you know and society was kind of ceasing to function now of course there's different arguments about how long you should isolate and a lot of that sort of staffing problems was because of isolation but still it doesn't matter it was not normal the amount of people that got sick in a short space of time was it was it was a lot so what what type of lockdown was necessary i don't really know but i i, I know that it was serious enough that even though new york didn't shut down uh like i'd say 50% at most like 50% at most, probably less of people went out like to shows and stuff. And I did shows all throughout Christmas, but like the numbers were way way down due to societal fear, sickness, uh uh res- responsible responsible people and um also, you know, staffing shortage like but it just literally just wasn't enough staff for a lot of stuff. Anyway, long story short, all in all, I think my opinion is that other than the testing, which was just like Hindsight's 2020, 20. like it seemed like all we need to worry about was boosting. Then suddenly testing became more important for this particular wave. Like other than that, I feel like in the end, it's kind of been okay. And I, I get it. It's been tough on hospital staff and all and like I I understand all that. I get it. And I, you know, anytime I expressed any sense of like, let's be a little more optimistic with this wave, I got. I'd say majority support of people being like yeah let's be more optimistic too much doom and gloom but then I do get people who express concern about health service and stuff like that and and I completely get all that I I get all that uh, but I also get that like the there's so many different aspects of society that are affected in different ways by this pandemic and uh, it's it's a lot so the, the 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 short of it is thanks be to fucking god that Ireland is opening up Uh, And I can't wait to get back and get me and mama going again. Um, You know, I was supposed to get it going again on January 6th. Now we're getting going on February 10th, which is not too bad, really, honestly. And I've shifted some more dates and I hate all the hassle for people, but I think it's worth it. And I also think it's worth having a little bit of a run in now until February 10th with people actually knowing what's going on. Because I think a lot of people were just afraid and I think people can start to be more confident, and, uh, you know, it'll be great for all the restaurants, and the pubs, and the theaters, and there's just a lot of people that need to fucking get back to work, and I'm going to be happy to be one of them, and so I hope you guys feel similar, um, and we'll, we'll, we'll keep on top of the next variant and see what the fuck happens, uh, I mean, I have plenty more to talk about, but thank God we get the podcast back up and running now. I'm going back to Ireland. I'm going to keep it up, and uh, we'll talk about various different things. We'll try to get some interesting guests, and um, we'll get Steve back involved. We've lost Joanne. Joanne has had an incredible pandemic, and we are delighted for her. Uh, And, like, absolutely have to say, smart move from Joanne to... uh, You know, Joanne said to me that she wanted to do a female focused podcast and she was right and she's killing it uh, originally with let's solve nothing and now with vogue both of which w- are good um and but i you know i think it's really blown up with the uh, with vogue and i, I think uh with my, my, what is it um my therapist ghosted me and you know more power to her i love watching her rise um she's you know she's got all the right attitude for my type of comedian and uh, you know, I think it's only the beginning for her sky's the limit. So we can't complain that we, we lost Joanne, but it was fun. And I'd like to think that, you know, she learned a bit from uh, doing the, not I didn't teach her, but just like the fun and the experience of doing it. Uh, she took some of those skills and went somewhere else. And uh, I always get messages how much she's missed, but everybody's always delighted for how well she's doing. So hooray Joanne. I still get a lot of messages about Steve and we'll try to get Steve back as much as possible. And, um, yeah, that's, that's really it. Oh, can I also say that for the Mia Mama shows, because I've just like so much fucking material on top of Mia Mama, like I'll be doing all those shows on my own. So the first half will, will be quite a show. So really, to be honest, it's two shows. Like Mia Mama is two shows in one, you know? Um, and, uh, I would say I would call the show Unlocked, you know, like post-lockdown. So it would be like Des Bishop Unlocked plus Mia Mama. In fact, I might even like double the poster up. Why not? Um, and uh, that's it. I mean, guys, I'm back. Ratoth, February 10th, and I'm in Killarney for the weekend. The Friday's sold out, but I think there's tickets for the Saturday. And uh, I just have a lot of dates. And some shows that were previously sold out are not sold out now because obviously these dates fucking shift around. Not everybody can go. So Nace was sold out. There's tickets for that. um There's just like a lot of dates that used to be sold out that aren't and like loads of new dates. So go on the website desbishop.net forward slash tour dates. Uh, spread the word. Me and Mama, by the way, is a great show. I got it back up and running here in New York. So, you know, I really feel like. It's not the show to do post pandemic. I think people just want to like fucking have a laugh. And it is a show about my dead mom, but I'm committed to it now, so fuck it. I'm doing it. So do come out and check it out. Um got a couple TV things coming up, so I'm not allowed to say. Uh and uh but that'll be good. And um yeah, that's it. Thanks uh at Des Bishop on Instagram, uh Des Bishop5 on TikTok. Sometimes I'm more active on that than others. And uh, facebook.com forward slash Des Bishop. I've been getting that going back going, Because even though people are very negative on Facebook, like I still, there's still a lot of people on there. You know? And I kind of neglected it during the pandemic. I was like so sort of Instagram, TikTok focused. But a uh, lot of love on uh, Facebook. So I'm over there for the Facebook people. And, uh, you know, just spread the word that the pod is back. Um, you know, maybe put up an old Insta story or, or a Facebook post. And let the people know. And um, Hannah gets a lot of messages from the uh, from the Irish fans. So hopefully for some of these Mia Mama shows, Hannah will open up. She actually opened up for me in Cork in Pal and College, Um uh, back there in December. And uh, it was cool. I think she's she's determined to do more Irish shows because you know it takes it's a transition, isn't it? It's like tough, you know. So I think she's she feels challenged now to fucking you know like a hundred percent figure out the Irish audience. And uh, so hopefully she'll be over for some of them. She's busy herself, of course. So there'll be at least one Irish trip while I'm over there. And I guess I'll pop back once or twice. But sure, this is the performer's life. Sometimes you're apart. Um. Uh. And um that's yeah i guess that's it so thanks guys we'll chat next week what's today today's friday i'm I'm, like i just completely lost track of everything so today's friday and uh yeah i'll i'll chat soon peace and love